Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements in and around the Swim Strong community. I am excited to bring to you guys the great Katie Lawrence for our podcast this week. Before we let her introduce herself, though, we got to do our rapid fire questions. Katie, are you ready? Yep. All right, let's do it. So first off, what would be your walkout song? Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Pick. Favorite post-meat restaurant? Carabas or Panera. Oh, Carabas, good pick. What's your spirit animal? Probably a golden retriever. <laughs> and what is your favorite swim meet memory? Favorite swim meet men- memory? Joyce Beck getting her national cut in the one fly. In during the two fly. She split That's awesome. it. That was, that was epic. What is your favorite TV show at the moment? Favorite TV show, Euphoria with Zendaya and all those. What's a hidden talent you have that most people don't know about? Um, I don't know if this is a hidden talent, but I do like to make those string bracelets and I can I get like all fancy with it and I like to put words and phrases, names. Cool. So I got a really cool swim strong dry land bracelet from Katie. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. You should ask her how to swim meet sometime. What's your favorite part about swim strong dry land? Favorite part is the family for sure. I think um they do we do a really good job of making all the swimmers, whether you know each other or not, online or in person, everyone mm-hmm. is a family. So That's awesome. I love it. Well, Katie is a strong part of the Swim Strong family, and I'm excited to have her on here. One of the most positive, uh, inspiring, uplifting people you can ever meet. Um, and so I'm excited for her to get to share with all of you guys who are watching, athletes, coaches, and parents alike, so, Katie, if you could just share a little bit about yourself, your swimming story or journey up to this point, um, when you started, what got you into the sport, why you fell in love with it in the first place? Yeah, of course. So I got into swimming. I started with swim lessons when I was probably six, maybe, and then I, which I teach them now. I teach swim lessons at the Y. But I started off doing those, and then there was a little kitty meet for all the kids who did the lessons and I signed up for it. I went to it. I was in heats with a lot of the boys, I guess. And I did pretty well. So the aquatics director, I didn't get first, but the aquatic aquatics director gave me three um, first place ribbons. And I was kind of confused. I was like, wait, but I didn't get first. Like what's going on here. (laughs) And he says, you did pretty well against the boys. Like, I think you should try out for the sharks, which is our club team. And so the trials had already passed. Um, And so I got my own little tryout and I tried out and I was really nervous. I was like, I kind of, I really want to make it. And so we waited and I made the team and that's how I kind of started. And my dad likes to take credit that, oh, I took her to her first meet. I got her (laughs) in, but that's how I really first started swimming. That's cool. That's cool. And tell me about like when you fell in love with this sport. So you were excited. You found out you're pretty good. You tried out and what made you love swimming specifically? I think definitely, um, at first it was just a place where I could just have fun with my friends and stay in shape, (laughs) exercise, I guess. And so, um, I don't know, as I got older, I kept, I kind of took it more seriously and, but still 
keeping that fun piece in there. So mm-hmm. I think it's definitely important to have fun. And like, I realize it may not always be fun, but just finding, um, just finding your people and what makes you happy and being surrounded by good um, yeah. influences and positive energy just really helps yeah. you when you're not having the best days. Talk about that a little bit more because you do such a good job of that. If you guys have ever seen Katie at Swimmy, she's always so hyped, so excited doing, uh, <laughs> hanging out with people on deck. And, um, but I don't, that wasn't something that was just always super natural for you, right? Like it's something you had to fight for and realize that like having fun is so, so important. Like you can't ever lose that. Can you talk a little bit about why you try to enjoy yourself at big meets and what types of things that you do? So yeah, for me, like if I don't have a good meet, um, I'd rather be having fun and enjoying myself than do bad and like kind of be sad about it and just not have fun. I just don't think that's enjoyable. And I had a meet last year where I didn't do great, but I had so much fun and it was so much worth it because you're not going to remember the times. You're just going to remember the memories that you made. And so I think going into it with a positive mindset like no matter how you do it's just you're going to benefit from it either way mm-hmm. and i think um at least for me like i don't i'm not the type of person to like lock in like i don't listen to music like i just get up and go like i'm i'm like talking to everyone like if you're behind the blocks with me like you know i'm like i'm a chatty patty like I will not. <laughs> so like i just like, go in with it and just i don't know like have fun because it's like you know you've prepared as much mm-hmm. as you can so it's like don't worry about it just swim mm-hmm. so no. I think, yeah that's awesome i love it i love the mindset and what you said is something i think that's really hard for a lot of people you can make it look easy but um but it is hard and um i really want people to go to meets and have fun like you really have earned the right to have fun if you've worked hard if you've done the right things if you've prepared like swimming is supposed to be fun and like you didn't start when you were a kid for any other reason besides hanging out with your friends and because you enjoyed it and you know maybe you're competitive but like that's like you can't ever lose that and that's something i admire about you is that that's something you've done even at the highest levels and so even so katie just won her first why well, i'm saying national championship this past year and what she did behind the blocks was no different than what she's talking about but um can you talk a little bit about that experience too winning your first national championship what that road was like um definitely yes so uh it was it was a long road like i've always like loved the idea of winning a national title i feel like everyone would love to win like ymca nats like it just i feel like it's everyone's goal it's everyone's like big dream I guess um and that race like I knew going into it like all you can really do is try your best and in the moment like I feel like for me I just go to autopilot so I knew like I I didn't want to be nervous for it um so I kind of just went into it uh I tried to go out with the um girl next to me and um watching the video back like it's it's awesome to hear my teammates like on the side like when I flip um they were just going crazy and I think all of the all of the all the practicing all of the swim strong all of the nutritional like nutritional stuff that 
I implemented the year before and like not even this year it's like all the years leading up to it I think that mm-hmm. all helped um in bringing that race together and I think it all that's what helped me win the race I guess yeah you it's funny you talked about like before how important it is to have fun and even when you're like if I don't have a great meet I want to make sure I'm still enjoying it because I still did a lot of work to get here. And like, that's the whole point of this is I should be enjoying something I'm doing. Um, and you have to enjoy it to be great at something. You have to, to be the best you can be. You have to enjoy it because you're just going to give so much more to it. Um, but you talked about having fun at a meet where you didn't do well and then having fun at a, a meet where you won a national championship. And I think that consistency is something that's tough for people to see like, Hey, I had a bad meet, but like, it doesn't define my swimming career. It doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad. Like I did the work. I know it's going to pay off. It didn't pay off in the exact moment that I wanted it to every time, but welcome to swimming like 90%, 98%. I don't know what the number is of times. You're probably not going to go best times, especially as you get older and faster. Um, but the work that you put in will pay off. And a lot of people struggle with the mindset of, oh, I had a bad meet. How do I remember that my worth, my work was still worth it? So can you talk a little bit about how you did that? Because I think we're just like, we, you just said that and we glazed over it. Like, oh, I had this bad meet last year, but I was having fun. And then the next year I won the national championship. Like a lot of people would have that bad meet and be like, the work's not really worth it anymore. I'm going to probably take my foot off the gas. Cause I don't want to feel that disappointment again. Like, how did you not do that? And how did you use that as just fuel to learn from and grow? Like what was your mindset from going from didn't have the greatest meet to mm-hmm. national champion? I'm so glad you said this because I like every single meet I go to, like, I like, this is, I've just always thought like this. I know eventually, well, I can hope like the work is going to pay off. And like, even if it doesn't, I just, I just like love to always go back to like, it will eventually. Mm -hmm. And like, even if it doesn't, like, it just, it gives me hope that even if I'm having a bad meet, like there's always going to be more chances to do better. Like there's always going to be more meets. There's always going to be more opportunities to race and go your best time. But it's like, if you're not there yet, there's always good. Like, unless you're like, I don't know, 20, like 30 or like, you're quitting swim, like, and you're having a bad meet, maybe it's time for you to be done. But like, I I mean, I'm like 15. I still have so many years to go. And it's like, I'm in high school. Like there's so much growth in college. Like I'm not going to be worrying about what I did now when there's so much to go. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I like to think. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like it's a long-term process, right? You have to view the bigger picture uh, and you can't live meat to meat. Like if you live and die by every single meat you swim, man, your swim career is not going to be that fun. <laughs> so if you just have this, Hey, I just have a joy for this sport and I know my work's going to pay off. And I truly believe that because I know what I put in and I know, you know, the work I'm doing and I trust this process. Then like, you don't have to be in a bad mood when it doesn't go great. You're like, Hey, sometimes that happens now. What do I learn from it? And how do I move forward? And it's so much easier said than done. And you've put a lot of work in to get your mind to that point. I think something else that you do really well, better than almost anybody I've ever met is that you care about other people just as much, if not more than yourself, even when you're at championship swim meets that are like big races for you. You said your favorite swim meet memory and the rapid fire questions was when Joyce made her nationals cut Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with you. And that's hard for people 
to celebrate others and not just be self-focused. And I think that's a part of what makes you not just impactful, but even successful in your own career. Like, I think it's something that's inspiring and something that makes an impact and something that's super rewarding is helping others. But a lot of people don't realize too, that it does help you because when you can get outside of your own mind and be a part of somebody else's journey, like it's so much more rewarding and freeing and you realize everything's not about you, but um, how did you develop that? Like the person you are, this is kind of a big question, but like, how did you become the person that you are with the mindset you have of like, just being like so inclusive of everybody and cheering for people, you know, without a band, like with reckless abandon, like don't care what other people think, like chatting up people behind the blocks, like tell, like you just have like this way about your spirit. That's contagious. Like people, want to be around you because you bring up their energy levels and you bring the best out of them. But like, where does that come from? Like who someone <laughs> teach you that? Is that something you've done naturally? Is it a thing you've learned over the years? Like, where does that come from? Why do you do that? Like, honestly, I don't even know. I, I just like, I guess if I can help in any way I can, like I am going to be that person bringing the energy. Like I, I don't know. Some people might not, might not have the best like some people they're they go into meets and they like to be like keep to themselves and have their headphones on and like I don't know I just I like to see people happy I like to see people smiling I like to I like to in any way I can help people feel better like I just think it's rewarding in itself and I don't know why you wouldn't like try and be that person for somebody like I don't know. I just, I, I, I also think it's a great way to um, be closer with people. And I think once you earn that trust of like being there for somebody and like helping them um, in any way, shape or form, like motiva motivating them to do whatever um, I think it brings you closer. And um, yeah. 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 I think that's something that is, it's hard to have like really authentic friendships with people if you aren't uh, someone who like genuinely cares and is willing to put yourself um, out there and serve other people. And um, but when you do have someone like that, it's it's contagious and you want to do the same for them. And you just end up with this um, friendship um, that is pretty incredible like that. I think most people hope that they can have and um you know, I think that's something we're passionate about too. At Swim Strong is just like why we want you guys to have connections with each other is because you have so much to offer each other. Like everybody has like so many great things about them that you can learn from. And, and everybody may not be, um, you know, bringing the same energy that you are on deck. And even for the person who it's like, hey, I'm in my, I got my headphones on and I'm locked in the zone. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but you do need to still have like connection with people along the way and the process. And, you know, that person can learn from you and you can learn from that person. And I think the more you just like invest in people, the more rewards you get because you have these friendships and relationships that you'll never forget. And you guys, and you'll make each other better. So I think we're actually hurting ourselves and we don't open ourselves up to other people because you can, you'll never be as good as you can be without other people. It's just not going to happen because mm -hmm. they bring out different sides of you and challenge you in different ways. And, um, so, and I'm sure that happens. 
um, every day on your club team. So with the Wyckoff Sharks, um, tell me a little bit about what that experience is like being a part of that team. What's the team culture like? And, um, you know, so people from the outside who maybe have no idea what uh, what it looks like. Yeah, it's I love the Wyckoff Sharks. Like, I think we've gotten a lot closer um, in the past year um, or so because, um, well, we had um, Megan work last year, come to our team. And I think that really brought the girls and the boys together because, well, as you know, New Jersey, it's like you get your license at 17, which is annoying, but um, she was kind of like our mom of the group, I'd say. <laughs> And so she drove us a lot of places to get food and stuff. And that kind of just started a whole bond um, between the boys and the girls. And I don't, I wouldn't say that we were separated, but we just have gotten a lot closer. Um, mm -hmm. We used to go to diners. I mean, we still do, but we go to diners after practice. Um, we had like a secret Santa, which was fun. Um, so we just, we, we like to have fun. And like, even if it's, I don't know, like, three lanes of girls, three lanes of boys during practice. Like we, we always come together after practice to do our swim strong. And that's kind of also where we've um, built a lot more culture. I'd, I'd say, because we're always kind of just hounding each other. And um, <laughs> some days uh, people don't really want to do the swim strong workout. So <laughs> um, we help in that way. And we, we just have fun with it, honestly. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons we're really close. Yeah. That's the other side of it too, that you just mentioned. So there's accountability, right? Like you have, um, an energy and an enthusiasm and an encouragement for people. That's one side. But if you only have that, then it's not going to be super helpful in most of the moments of training. Cause most of training is like, I don't really feel like <laughs> doing this right now. I'm not super excited about this. I know the benefit, but, and that's where you need your teammate to like link arms with. That's where you need someone to push you, to hold you accountable. And something um, that you've done really well in the swim strong small group team um, is, you know, you have an accountability partner and, um, and you have other teammates doing this around the country too. So, and for, for people who don't know, like the small group team is for individual athletes. So if you're a club team, um, isn't currently able to do the program as a whole, you can do it as individual athletes. And there's a whole bunch of uh, awesome Wyckoff Sharks that we have um, a part of the small group team. And, <laughs> uh, shout out to Coach Pita uh, being an awesome coach and um, for Wyckoff and allowing them to do all of those things to be the best they can be, um, both in and out of the water. And um, But it's a pretty unique connection you guys have with accountability and pushing each other um talk about the challenges of accountability like saying things that are hard to say how have you grown in that area um what advice would you give for people holding each other accountable because there's honestly like as a person who has goals and dreams and you want to be successful and your teammates say they do too it's kind of frustrating when you're working with people who like don't actually follow through so you need people to be able to have a voice to be and we all need that like there's days even where you or myself don't want to do what we need to do and having good people around you who are like, no, no, no. Like, this is what you said you wanted. Let's get it together. Um, talk about the culture of accountability for you with the small group team and even within your own club team. Yeah. So um, I've had two, two accountability partners um, and my most recent one, Anam, shout out to my girl, Anam. Yeah. Um, 
She has been on my butt lately about like going to bed early because I have, I don't know if I told you this, but I have not been going to bed early. And um, I told her that I was like, and I'm going to need help with like my bedtime because I'm not, like I'm not getting those hours. So <laughs> she, um, I was on a visit with her this weekend, but um, she comes up to me and she shows me her phone and it's like an alarm. Tell Katie to go to bed. So every single night she texts me. She's like, two hours before bed, hour before bed, 30 minutes before bed. And she just like, she, um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but um, I think it's really good to have um, that kind of pushing me to um, be better and remind me that this is my goal, um, like to stay on track and stuff. Um, and I think within the Wake Up Sharks, I think yeah, sometimes people may not want to do certain stuff, like maybe the set or um, like the swim set or dry land set. But um, I think like even having like a couple people as your accountability partner, like, yeah, one person may not want to do it, but you have like a group of four or five being like, hey, listen, like you you need to do this right now. Like we're all going to do it. We're all going to do it together. Mm -hmm. um, like even though you're having a bad day, like, try your best. Cause we're all, we're all doing this and mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, you, we all have goals and we're all trying to reach them. So I think yeah. we always bring that into account, but. So to be able to hold people accountable from some of the things you're saying, it sounds like you, you need to know their goals, first of all, because mm -hmm. if you don't know what they want, then you can't really hold them accountable. Like shout out to Nam for keeping you accountable with the sleep because mm -hmm. she knows you want that. And you're like, I know that sleep is going to boost my performance. And I know that I am just not doing great. <laughs> with mm -hmm. it and so i need some help and so like that's a really great thing to do like for any athlete who's watching something you're not good at instead of hiding it shout it out on a podcast and then the whole country will know you know and like that's so now you guys can ask katie about her sleep too right <laughs> but like that's that's how you grow is like you're honest about where you are but you're also honest about this is where I want to be. And I know this thing's holding me back. And if I don't actually bring this up and give this to someone to give them the freedom to hold me accountable, I'm never going to get to where I want to be. So I think that is a really mature and wise thing to do. And I would encourage any athlete to share with somebody that you trust, who you know cares about you. This is what I want. Can you help me? Here's where I struggle. Call me out on these things. And then you give them license to do that. Very different from uh, you know, people just doing it without having a relationship with you and knowing why. Um, so I think that's really important. And then, um, I want to ask you too, though, about the challenges with that. Cause I think when you are willing to be that person who's like, guys, let's go like the lead, um, a leader of a group and, and the leader could be different on any given day, the vocal leader, but it, being, um, being willing to be that person who's like, Hey, everybody's not in the best mood. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up. Like, people may not like you when you do that, you know, people may, people may be like, shut up, but you know that you need them and that they need you. And if you guys don't do this together, you're not going to get as much out of the practice, uh, swim or dry land or whatever you're doing. So, um, do you have any like words around like that process, how you have like grown to become okay with being a leader that, you know, there's fun things that come with it, but there's also a lot of criticism and like pushback that you get. But like, how, how have you dealt with that and um, just embrace that role? Well, I think some of the things that help 
like at least when I am trying to um, like lift somebody up, like I, I try to like what you were saying about knowing the person, I try to take one of their goals or like maybe something that kind of just really lights them up, like kind of gets them going. And I try to use that to help them stay on track. Um, mm -hmm. Like we have this thing, <laughs> this little thing where we um, we know what gets each other going. So like yeah. maybe, maybe it's a person, like maybe it's a time, maybe it's a goal, but um, we just sometimes we, we're like, we're screaming it like maybe like if it's a specific person we like when we're doing reps we just like spell out the name so i think like little things like that um really help in um getting people to kind of yeah stay on track and i think um the question that you asked before yeah as far as like so i love that you're talking about like knowing what makes people yeah. tick because that gets people fired up and can drive them in ways that like nothing else can. So, um, and then the other part of the question was just like, what about like pushback that you get? How do you deal oh, with right. like the pushback of being a leader and doing those things when people don't necessarily want to hear it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I guess I've never really gotten like a, all right, Katie, like pipe down, but like, even if I <laughs> did like, there's nothing wrong with being positive. And like, if people are like, all right, like calm down. Like I, I, it's like, I don't know. It's like weird to me. Like, I guess they, I don't know. Like people might be having bad days, but it's like, hmm, I don't really know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're talking bad about like somebody being positive, it's like, I don't know. They, they need somebody, they need somebody to help them, I guess, yeah. like have a change their mindset, I guess. Cause I don't know. There's nothing wrong with being positive and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, they might need it even more, honestly, like yeah. people who push it away uh, because it challenges them. A lot of times people get pushed back cause they don't want to be challenged. Like they don't want to be challenged in the way that you're challenging them. And also a lot of people have trouble like with celebrating other people's success. So like they don't want you to do it either because they don't want you to be successful while they're going to stay, you know, average um, and mediocre. And so I think there's different reasons that selfish reasons that people have that they get frustrated at someone. And um, I think it's important too, like um, you're mentioning um, just like bringing positivity is really important, but you're talking about deeper than just um, just like something that's like fake or like fluffy it's like hey we're gonna this is what you said you wanted like we're gonna hold each other accountable i'm gonna bring energy because this is what you need and it's gonna move you towards your goals and like but you also like know the people that you're training with and you know the things that make them tick and you know the things that have been hard in their life and so i think that is something um probably one of the reasons why you don't get a lot of pushback is because people know you care about them. Like it's much deeper than just like, Oh, just be happy. Like it was, it's like, that's not, <laughs> it's not helpful. It's not productive. Um, and can be annoying, but it's like when you really care about someone, there's a big difference between like positivity that's productive and caring versus just like something that's fake. And yeah. so I think you have something very genuine. And so I think people can take that from you as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's kind of hard to, um, like when you're taking something so personal, like a goal, um, that somebody has and you're like, well, if you like miss the dry land today, like 
you're missing that one practice that you can never get back, I guess. And like, if you know, somebody wants it that bad, it's like, you're not really going to get that pushback. Cause it's like, Oh shoot. Like you're right. You know? So it's mm-hmm. like, just kind of like, like helping them. I don't know. Like, see it how it is i guess and i don't mm-hmm. know yeah. yeah that's a part of that's a part of being someone's friend and caring about them is telling them the truth you know yeah. if, if you if you only have people who tell you positive things all the time they're probably not your friend <laughs> because they're not willing to say the things you actually need to hear you know you have to be willing to kind of put your uh, reputation so to speak on the line and be like you know what you're not going to like me when i say this in the moment, but I'm going to say it because I care about you. I know this is what is ultimately going to help you. And, um, you know, if they listen great and if not, then, you know, that's a choice that they made, but there's nothing you can do about that. So I just think that's a really good mindset to have. Um, and, um, and, but it's challenging. It's not easy. And so I would encourage people though, to, um, to really assess what it is to be a leader and to hold someone accountable. And there'll be so much more reward in that though, even if, even with all the challenges that come with it. So, so I want to talk such gears a little bit and talk about the college recruiting process. Cause this is something you've been in the midst of for, you know, since probably the emails opened up, phone emails and phone calls opened up and uh, in the summer and it's a pretty crazy process for everybody, but you being in your junior year right now, um, I think it could be really cool for people to hear from you being in the midst of it. Um, so one, um, tell me about the process itself. Have you enjoyed it? Has it been stressful? Honestly, what's it been like in terms of just like the experience with all the phone calls and visits and things like that? Um, yeah, like before the, before June 15th, I was so excited. Um, even like the week after June 15th, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I have so many colleges, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I got in contact with the bunch, um, the first week, and I was like, this is so cool, like, this is, and the calls were, they, they went great, honestly, and, um, I think, like, after, um, after the first, second week, I was like, oh, shoot, this is a lot to, just to keep up with all these calls, and, <laughs> I mean, it's the summer, so I guess it's fine, you don't really have a lot of schoolwork, uh, I was lifeguarding, and I had practice in the morning, so I had a couple pockets of time after that, um after my whole day so I mean but yeah it it was it was I I really enjoyed the calls um I enjoyed my visits those were a lot of fun um but I think really getting down to narrowing it um narrowing down your your colleges Mm -hmm. that I mean I don't know how it is for other people but like for me it's been difficult because I am really indecisive And I think like, yeah, some people might go to a college and be like, yeah, that's where I want to go. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like for me, I, I, I went to all these colleges, like I loved a lot of them and I just, it's hard. Like I'm still deciding between two. Um, I don't know when this is going to come out. I might have decided already, but um, it it is hard. And I like, I wake up one day thinking it's going to be one school and the other thinking it's it's going to be like something completely different. Yeah. So like I have just been telling all these coaches, like I, I want to wake up and be this school. And then Mm -hmm. I want to wake up the next day and be like, yep, yep, Mm -hmm. yep. So like, I just don't want to make a decision and be like, Oh shoot, which 
I don't know how it is for other people, but I just want to be, and I, I, I know like, I don't, it's just such a short amount of time to make a big decision. And right. it's like, when you see other people committing, you're like, I don't know. Cause it's, it's like, that's early, but is it like, am I late or like, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. it's a lot to think about, especially when social media, like you see a lot of people committing, but I, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm taking my time. Like I've been lucky enough that coaches haven't really put, um, deadlines on me so I mean maybe it's good maybe it's bad maybe like I need the push maybe I don't but I just want to be like really confident in what I pick yeah Um, that makes perfect sense I think it's really good that uh you know when people aren't putting a specific deadline on you because it allows you to make the time have the time to make the decision I think that's actually typically a bad sign if someone's like you got to make a decision by this time um it's like okay well um, this is changing my entire life. <laughs> so if I have to make a decision in like the next seven days, that's, that's kind of a big ask. Um, so it is, it's a, you're speaking honestly about the pressures of the recruiting process that people don't realize. Like we're asking 16, uh, 17 year olds to make decisions in a very short period of time. That's going to impact the rest of their life. And so like, you should enjoy it. Like, I'm glad you've been enjoying it. Um, and like not feeling pressured to do X, Y, Z. And I think that's the best way to go about it is to really just enjoy every moment of it. Cause you can't get it back. You know, yeah. you can't get it back. And when you go on visits and are on phone calls and talking to people and all that helps you get a feel, but, um, but yeah, trying to enjoy this process, I think is something a lot of people miss on. And if there was something, so you said like kind of narrowing it down a little sooner, I think that was, good advice. Um, so people don't stress out about like having 10 million different people to talk to, mm-hmm. um, still being kind of in the thick of it now, having finished up, um, kind of like visits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything like that you would have done differently there that you would have told yourself at the, you would have told, you know, five months ago, Katie, uh, to do differently or to stress out less about or to focus on this and st- or anything like that, that you can like, while you're freshly thinking about it, anything like in particular yeah. you would say? Yeah. I, I actually have been thinking about this because um, I know a couple of people in the class below me and I know like I went to so many people in the class above me for help. Um, so like, I was just kind of thinking on my own, like what I could tell people to the younger classes that I know. And I came up with, um, there wasn't a lot, but I came up with this, um, one thing and I, I wish I had asked more of the coaches like personal questions instead of like, Oh, what does your practice week look like? Like, what is, hmm. I don't know, what is your training? Like, cause you're also trying to get to know the coach and it's not just like the program you're trying to get to know. And like, I know coaches do change, but it's also like, they're trying to get to know you and not just like, Oh, what do you do in a practice week? Like, what are you doing? out of the pool it's like they were really trying to get to know me most of them mm-hmm. um so i feel like you shouldn't just be trying to get to know the program but also the coach um too so i, I think that's one of the things that i wish i had done more and asked more about the coaches hmm. um on a more personal level but that's yeah. what i just thought of that's really good because even going back to almost all the topics we've talked about so far it always comes down to the people like who you're with, the teammates you're surrounded by and the coaches you're surrounded by, like that, that's going to make or break the experience. And if they like genuinely care about you and you get to know them and you're like, I really respect this 
person as a person, like they're really going to take care of me, you know, outside of the pool as well as in the pool and care about my development and my goals and what matters to me. Like they're going to be invested. And if you can find someone who has that, um, in a coaching staff who reflects that, that's, that's amazing. So yeah, definitely don't be afraid guys who are watching guys and girls like to ask personal questions to coaches. I think they'll actually like that too. Cause yeah. they, they, they didn't want to know that you are like care too. Um, so that's really good insight. Um, well, I want to wrap it up here um, because we could talk and talk all day uh, about all the things that you're doing and um, ways that you've inspired me and the swim strong staff and community and um, all kinds of people that you've crossed paths with. But um, if you could just kind of um, leave people with um, one thing that you feel like and this has been this is a big question, but this has been like the most impactful thing um, in my swimming career. And I never want to forget this. Like, this is the one thing I always want to keep in mind why I do what I do, what drives me. And like, if I ever lose this, like I need to reassess what, what's that thing for you that just drives you and gets you up out of bed in the morning, makes you excited to be a part of the sport and um, the swimming journey. I guess like the impact, I mean, like if I can, if I can have a good impact on everyone, I meet everyone, I race everyone, I see um, everyone who coaches me, like it just makes it, I guess, more enjoyable and, and fun. And you need to have fun sometimes, even when it may be hard. I think that's awesome advice. Just being able to focus on impact. It makes you enjoy the sport. You get so much more out of it. The memories, the relationships, the impact you have, like those are things that you'll never forget and that people will never forget. And it leaves a legacy like much bigger than just the sport and how fast you swam up and down a body of water, you know, like it's just, it's so much more. So, um, take that advice, anybody who's listening and make sure that your focus continues to stay on the most important things. Um, but Katie, thanks so much for taking the time to be on here. It is an absolute joy. I love getting to be a part of yes. your journey and having you in the Swimstrong family. And uh, thanks for taking the time to share with everybody. Thanks. Loves being on here. Can't wait to see the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone stay till the end. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Swimstrong Dryland podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the Swimstrong Dryland family, you can reach out to us via email or social media. You can also follow Swimstrong Dryland on YouTube and TikTok for more educational content.